The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered was officially announced, and many are asking, another remaster? Really? While some are praising the content offering and the upgrade path, others are criticizing the fact that we are not getting a new game from Naughty Dog, but another remaster. Even recently, there was a debate about whether or not remakes should be up for Game of the Year in the annual Game Awards with Jeff Keighley. And on the heels of that, The Last of Us, a franchise that recently had a remake for Part 1, announced a remake for Part 2. I'm sorry, a remaster for Part 2. And many think it's unnecessary. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the start of the video. That way, you can get basically my thoughts and a rundown of what's happening before I discuss it with the live audience. If you like this kind of longer live content, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my shows. So The Last of Us Part 2 is getting a remaster with new content, a way for previous owners to upgrade, and it's right around the corner. But not everybody is happy about this, as is to be expected. Folks who don't even own a PlayStation or the game, they jump to criticize a decision that has little to no effect on them whatsoever. But I'm seeing even big PlayStation fans and big Naughty Dog fans take issue with this remaster. Basically, the desire for a new game from Naughty Dog is causing some to question what the company is actually working on. And are they just sort of cashing in on the IP. Is this just sort of a cash grab? This is a common debate point anytime remakes and remasters come out. I want to look at the details before concluding anything. So first, I want to look at the details of what you get. Like, what are you actually going to get when you decide to buy this content? But also, you know, the new content has an upgrade path. That was a concern that people had when this was first rumored, when it was first leaked and we were sort of speculating about it. I made my own prediction that it would likely be treated the same way that Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima director's cuts were handled. Now, the second thing I want to do is discuss and entertain the question, why would Naughty Dog and PlayStation do this? I think there are some factors here that are either being ignored or maybe just not considered. Lastly, I do want to tell you what I think about this. As a latecomer to the PlayStation ecosystem, I've experienced a lot of their games very differently than longtime fans. I played The Last of Us 1 on my brother's PlayStation 3 that I had to borrow. I skipped almost the entire PS4 generation and I only bought a PS4 Pro Spider-Man combo, bet you know, sort of the end of the life cycle, and that was because I had to play Spider-Man in God of War 2018. So I've been meaning to go back and play The Last of Us Part 1 Remake to experience it at the PS5 graphical fidelity. I played for like the first hour or two, and I've been meaning to go back to it, and now I have a really good reason to, because I skipped The Last of Us 2 when it launched. I was going through some major life and career changes, but I was also at that time primarily only playing and covering one game. So, let's just start with the details about what was announced, right? They have a fairly short trailer and they have a blog post. And according to the PlayStation blog, The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is coming to the PS5 on January 19th, 2024. Now, they go on to say in the blog that, quote, the engrossing campaign returns alongside technological improvements, new modes, and new behind-the-scenes features that will deepen your understanding of Part 2's creation. I'll have more on that in a minute. I'm like, how are we going to learn about the creation of the game by playing the game? And it's actually kind of interesting what they're doing. I think the most surprising part of the announcement for me was that they have a rogue mode that they have added. They've described it as a brand new mode called No Return, a roguelike 
like survival mode designed to let players prove their mettle in randomized encounters and experience The Last of Us Part 2's combat in a fresh experience. Now, I don't exactly know if the combat in The Last of Us 2 will translate well into a rogue, but I would have to assume that Naughty Dog wouldn't have built it and included it if it wasn't fun or a well-functioning mode. I sort of trust them and their their development chops as it were to to get this right now i've had many say that the combat in the last of us part two is actually quite good and a good step up from the first game now they describe the rogue mode as follows the mode includes a host of playable characters to choose from some playable for the first time in the last of us franchise which you may have spotted in our trailer who each come with their own traits to suit different playstyles. players will chart their own course on each run choosing between various stealth and combat encounters that will pit you against the range of enemies with unique twists that can add new unexpected factors to any given encounter now they do say they're excited to share more about this mode in the future perhaps maybe there's going to be an appearance at the game awards with jeff Keeley. but they do provide some details they say that each run will offer a new chance to decide what rewards you get after each encounter how you spec out your character and more you can unlock more characters skins uh, and as you progress in the mode you can customize your own runs you can compete on a global leaderboard and we're excited to share more about no return the closer we get to launch so it honestly sounds like a fairly substantive mode as rogues go they're also introducing a new guitar free play mode which i don't think this interests me all that much but they say we will let you strum the strings across a host of unlockable instruments use audio fx pedals to modulate your performance and play as different characters and several in-game locations to customize the mood and feel of your set and then sort of like deleted scenes on a blu-ray they're going to give us portions of the game that didn't make the cut this is actually kind of interesting to me i've never really seen anything like this before if another game has done this leave a comment below i don't know if i've ever seen this before this is what they say a new set of lost levels in part two remastered allow players a unique chance to check out some playable sequences previously cut from the game these aren't fully finished levels but rather early development slices that not only let you see some new glimpses of part two's world but also include embedded developer commentary to give them richer context explore these spaces and hear directly from the team about the intention of aspects of each level this is a unique inclusion of our studio and we're excited to allow players a glimpse into the creative process this is honestly a fresh take with video game content uh, that I don't think I've seen before. I- I've seen companies sort of release videos of early footage or like test environments to say, like, look how far our game has come. I'm not aware of anybody that like actually let you play unfinished or cut content as a way into the development process of the game. They're even going to include commentary for the cutscenes, quote, from director Neil Druckmann, narrative lead Haley Gross, and actors Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, and Laura Bailey. Now, in the realm of graphical updates, they say the following. The Last of Us Part Two Remastered will feature enhanced graphics, including native 4K output in fidelity mode, 1440 upscaled to 4K in performance mode, an unlocked frame rate option for TVs that support VRR, increased texture resolution, increased level of detail distances, improved shadow quality, animation sampling rate, and more. They're also leveraging the PS5, they say, for improved load times, as well as adding haptic feedback in the DualSense controller. They're also adding a whole host of accessibility features, as well as a speedrun mode, and probably the most important part of the announcement, 
people who already own The Last of Us Part 2, they say, good news for existing owners of The Last of Us Part 2 on PlayStation 4, you will be able to upgrade to a digital version of The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered for $10 at launch. You will also be able to import your saves from the original game to Part 2 Remastered. So you're like halfway through the game, you can bring your save over. Like if you're like me, right? If you're sort of late to some of these games or maybe you missed this one. Now this is what I predicted they would do because I believe they have set a standard with the director's cuts of Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima. I think it's a great way to treat the consumer. You offer them a ton of value for $10 and they can actually skip it if they want. They don't have to do it. They can just sort of like, hey, I don't don't want this. I've played it enough. But for those that, you know, want to play through it again, and maybe even enjoy this rogue mode. I don't think 10 bucks is that bad. But the more pressing question, sort of the question on the thumbnail, on the title here, is why do this, right? Another remaster, why would they do this? Now, the first thing I want to say is the timing is where many are saying, why remaster this? The game, it just came out three years ago, right? It's not even that old of a game. It already looks good, right? I've seen a lot of people say that. I actually think that's a valid question. I also think it's important to point out the fact that it's only been three years since Naughty Dog released a new game. Roughly three and a half years once this remaster actually releases. Like, that's how long it's going to be. If we look at basically any other developer and compare, the expectation, I think, seems unreasonable that Naughty Dog should have something new by now, right? I know Insomniac has hit a unique cadence and rhythm, but I think it's really unfair given how much Miles Morales was able to lean on the existing Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man 2 also, I think, came out of the cadence that is a little bit fast, given that it is building within an existing map and that's not normal i don't think insomniac's rhythm of development is something we want to look at the entire industry and expect other companies to do this right many games have been announced further back than three years most studios i think take five to six years to make a really good game like that's generally what i say let the games cook let them go for five or six years i don't think expecting naughty dog to have a brand new title after three and a half years i just don't think that's an expectation we see being put on any other developer right we also need to consider the fact that if you if you look at this and you think okay it's only been three years but the entire studio didn't work on this i think gamers are often too black and white on these subjects you know naughty dog releases a remaster that doesn't mean that they're not working on anything else it doesn't mean the entire team worked on this we're even hearing from people that are sort of in the know this was a very small team that did this and that's not surprising given that this is not a remake okay even some of the side-by-side comparisons it's not going to be that stark of a difference from the playstation 4 version to now you're going to get performance improvements which is a huge reason with load times you can already play the game at the higher frames per second but this is not going to be some major shift Now, I get some of the frustration, but I think when you consider the bigger picture and the industry at large, Naughty Dog is not out of step by not having out a new game yet. So the first reason I think they're doing this, I kind of had to do that as what I feel like is just sort of a preamble to even having a discussion about this, because I saw both PlayStation fans and non-PlayStation fans acting like Naughty Dog's doing something wrong or, you know, hey, where's your next new game? I mean, ask that of any of the companies that announced their games four, five, six, and seven years ago. Where are their new games, right? This this game came out three years ago. So 
they're, they're, I think they're at a good pace. We don't know when the next Last of Us is coming out, but I don't think this is cause for alarm with respect to Naughty Dog and what is on the horizon. So why are they doing this? Well, the first thing I think there you could say is there's a lot of new PlayStation customers. It's pretty clear when you look at the recent hardware reports that a migration is taking place. This isn't even about a console war. There is no war. Not anymore. Okay, that's over. That's been conceded and sort of abandoned by one side. Different strategies are emerging and so you have one side that's getting a pretty significant migration of new customers. Consumers are making it very clear where they are headed for console spending and many are like me they don't have this backlog of playstation titles and playstation experiences so it makes sense to fill the ps5 library with the biggest and best first party titles at a quality that's in line with the ps5 and this is sort of related to the second reason that I think that they're doing this. I think PlayStation wants a standard sort of bar for their front banner IPs. We've heard rumors about a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster, and I just think that makes sense. If I can do the same thing, I own Horizon Zero Dawn. If I can spend $10 and get an upgraded version of that game with the cinematic lighting that was in Forbidden West, better load times, just better textures and graphics in general, I would be willing to do that because I really like that game, and I actually like supporting things like this I think it's a good value to me it might not be a good value to you if they continue to let people upgrade games they already own for 10 bucks I don't think new customers care about this at all they're just going to see a bunch of PS5 quality games waiting for them when they step into the PlayStation landscape and this strategy makes sense to me right they, they want to get and keep new PlayStation customers you got to get them to build that digital library so they have a harder time leaving in the future and last and I think the most obvious reason that they're doing this is they're probably seeing new customer migration because of the popularity of the show Season 2 of the show is going to basically have an impact, I would think, on The Last of Us Part 2 sales. Every episode of Season 1 caused a spike in sales of The Last of Us game. And when Season 2 lands, they will have a shiny new version of The Last of Us 2 waiting for all those customers. And hopefully, they make sure to port The Last of Us 2 Remastered to PC properly instead of doing what they did this last time with Iron Galaxy. I could even see the PC port of this remaster landing in earlier mid-2025. That's roughly when the next season will likely land. They're going to be filming and doing production almost all of 2024. So Season 2 could hit early 2025, mid-2025. And then they can have this thing ready to go on PC and again, get to enjoy that increase in sales and brand awareness. So that I think are, that's, those are the details. Those are the reasons that I think that they're doing this. So what's my opinion? I've given you my opinion kind of throughout this monologue, but let me maybe speak a little bit more directly about this. First and foremost, my arrival to PlayStation being as late as, as it was, I think that largely affects my opinion and my bias here. These types of updates and these types of remasters and remakes, they benefit me as a consumer, but that doesn't automatically make them good. So I do try to look at this objectively, as objectively as I can, and I just really fail to see anything wrong with this decision and with this product. Some were saying on Twitter that it should be free because other games have done remaster updates for free. I never find that kind of argumentation very compelling, uh, and I had the same attitude when Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima had their director's cuts, and there was the optional $10 you could spend for extra features. I would rather developers be paid for added content 
and features because it communicates value. If if consumer support, you know, values X and Y, then the companies are continuing to make those things and offer those things. I like updates like this, new content, added features, updated graphics. Being able to get that for 10 bucks feels like a very fair ask in light of game prices and monetization practices across the industry. Comparatively, this is a very small ask from any business. Now, I will admit, the side-by-side comparisons that I'm seeing, they don't look that dramatic. And I don't think they're intended to be dramatic. It is a remaster of a three-year-old game. The jump is not going to be that tectonic. But I support good remasters. I support good remakes. I would love to see the Gears of War collection finally come to fruition. We've heard rumors about that. I would buy that and I would play that. I've loved the Gears franchise. Obviously, I understand why folks get irritated or or criticize remakes and remasters. You're well within your right to say, listen, I don't value this and I'm not going to buy it. Okay, great. That's, that's exactly... What you should do, I would guess that like many other things in the gaming industry that are hotly criticized, the supply is justified by the demand. And when the pricing is this fair, I just can't see a reason to be up in arms about this, especially if it helps fund the developer with a franchise like The Last of Us, or they also have Uncharted under their belt, right? Helping Naughty Dog continue to, you know, create content for 10 bucks. I mean, and it keeps their product on top of mind marketing it keeps people aware of their game along with the show it could really set up a great runway for the third game so from where i sit the last of us 2 remasters a perfect fit for folks like myself while others understandably will say that they pass so let me give you my thoughts and conclusions on this I find the outrage about remakes and remasters to be a bit strange. I still remember lengthy debates about The Last of Us Part 1 Remake. This was one of my first introductions into what I will call bad faith tribalistic console warring. Okay, I had people insisting that The Last of Us Part 1 Remake was just a remaster. They were watching developer videos and facts about completely rebuilt systems, dramatic side-by-side comparisons, and it just didn't matter. They had decided that it was wrong, it was bad, it wasn't really a remake, it was just a cash grab, and there was just no good faith discussion to be had. In a similar way, the outrage about The Last of Us Part 2 remaster, it just feels motivated by a lot of bad faith and just a lot of tribalism. Folks who don't own the system, they don't own a PlayStation 5, they don't even own The Last of Us Part 2. Maybe they have no intention of ever buying it or playing it because of all the outrage about the story, right? These people are outraged about something that just doesn't concern them. I've never spent an ounce of energy or passion or time caring or talking about sports games and how they are treated, right? If you spend five minutes talking with somebody who has played every Madden or played every FIFA, I'm sure they can give you an earful of all the things about those games that irritate them. This just feels like console war fodder, all bang and no substance. The second thing I want to say is everything constantly being framed in this tribalistic fight is just tiring. Just last night, I asked for opinions on the matter on on Twitter. I said, hey, what's everybody think about this remaster? And folks were excited about it. But then some of the folks that were excited about this were called bootlickers by somebody who thought that this was bad. This same person thought that the $10 was unjust simply because other games had done remasters and not charged any money. This level of entitlement and this immediate jump to insults is just unhealthy. I've seen folks excited that Halo Infinite's doing better, right? Apparently the, the season's doing 
getting better. The player counts are better. I, I cannot imagine jumping to call somebody celebrating that a bootlicker or to attack them for their opinion. Even recently, we've seen Destin, formerly of IGN, Destin. He was attacked by not following and towing the party line about Xbox tax. This this Bigfoot thing that people have imagined. This stuff isn't that serious, and attacking others for differing opinions is just not the energy or the behavior that I can endorse. My conclusion is this. Every hobby, every passion, every fandom can fold in on itself. Lately, it feels like gaming can just be just that. It's just folding in on itself. You can't really celebrate it. You can't really discuss it. It's always framed as a battle. From the Game Award nominations to a simple remaster announcement, everything is at a fever pitch. My recommendation is just to unplug from the places where this happens. I spent a week with my family for Thanksgiving, and I made the mistake of spending a few hours one day going back and forth with someone who was just clearly coming from bad faith. They were just a tribalist. They were just arguing for their brand, right? And I was just trying to say that that has nothing to do with this particular game that we're discussing. I spent the rest of the time while I was away promoting games on my timeline that I was enjoying. Some VR games, uh, a really cool rogue that I found on Game Pass. And I was also giving folks my sort of in-process review of the PS Portal while I was traveling. And I had a much better time. Any of the games I played, they just felt fresh and fun. And I didn't feel like I was getting pulled into some needless childish debate. And as the dust settled on The Last of Us 2 remastered outrage or the criticisms, I asked people about it last night, and most people seemed pretty positive about it. So plug in where you feel the energy is healthy, and support the games, the remakes, and the updates that you like, because at their heart, that's really what games and gaming is all about. And that is the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. We are back. I uh, I did not stream yesterday. I always feel like when I look at the calendar, I'm like, oh, I'll be able to get back in town in the middle of the day, and then I'll be able to show prep. And I never do. I never get back in time uh, for show prep. So I got back on Sunday, and by the time I was done, like, unpacking and and making dinner for the family, <laughs> it was just like, dude, there was no way. There was no way I was going to be able to get the show prepped. But we have a couple of announcements and things to talk about very, very quickly here before we dive into this discussion. Um, first and foremost, the most important announcement is that... Hang on. I, I got I to I gotta spin it myself here before I turn it on. The Frickmas Roast is here. The Frickmas Blend is here. You can get it right now at reforgeroast.com. I've spun this thing, and now I can't get to the Switch. Uh, Frickmas is available. All three flavors are available. We have a best of both worlds. Uh, we have a best of both worlds combo that you can get of the light and the dark roast, but you can do the triple threat and get all three flavors, and you do save a little bit when you do that. Frickmas blend, I believe we have 250-some-odd bags of that, so smaller amount this time. Get them while you can make sure and snag that and then make sure you get your memberships back up and running we are going to have uh some really really cool incentives for you guys this 
Friday is the return of Hilly Hijinks. There's this really popular co-op spooky game that everybody's been talking about, and we are going to be playing that this Friday night. I've already forgot the, the name of it. I, we, Hilly already has it installed. So we'll be doing that this Friday night. And if you guys can get us to 2,500 members, I think we'll do like a community game night. You guys have been asking for another community game night. We've been enjoying those. And at 3,000 members, we'll do something extra special for that as well. So you can scramble here at the end of November, or we can just roll it over into December, whichever you guys want to do. Cat, we've got some renewals to thank here. Cat with 32 months and a VIP. Welcome back, Cat. Mash jumping back in as a member and getting that purple badge and then 22 months from human type person and VIP back to our regularly scheduled programming thank you so much human type person thank you guys so much lethal company thank you that's the name of it I believe I believe that's the name of the game right lethal company it's like this it's like this goofy yeah lethal company they, they showed it to me yesterday in members, so I didn't remember the name of it. But it's got an overwhelmingly positive review uh, score on Steam, a 98% after 85,000 scores. It is an online co-op horror game, and it looks hysterical. So the return of Hilly Hijinks this Friday. So make sure your memberships are active. Make sure you get that going. And then again, every 25, I give five back. So we can get a bunch of new people in here and yes as vapor is saying almost 400 people watching let's make sure and smash that thumbs up button if you can't do a membership make sure you're here as often as possible that'll increase the likelihood of you getting one especially when you're interacting chatting and the rest there is the first membership gifted of the day from garrett green han shot first and so did you we appreciate that first one coming right out of the gate to get us started back up to our goals. Talica with 18 months in a VIP. Glad you're back. 18 months and counting. Heading towards the red badge. Lance in the Discord is going to play devil's advocate on the subject. He says, some of the people might be raging because they want something new from Naughty Dog, either a third entry into the series or factions or a new IP. In 11 years, this studio has put out five games, but only two entries as someone who wishes sony would produce a bit more variety in their first party games this always sticks out in my head not the case for me personally because i love tlu but i do wish they would get that multiplayer out there something with long replay value anyways welcome back welcome home glad to see you in the family are uh, safe and sound and hopefully you had a great holiday I'm going to react to that in just a second, Lance. But we got another gifted membership coming in from Vapor. Thank you so much. We got we got to bounce back here. We have we always dip when I go out of town. So we got some work to do. We got some work to do. We got to push those numbers back up again. And we appreciate everybody who has maintained their memberships. A lot of gold badges, a lot of red badges. And we appreciate you guys so, so much. And somebody already ordered some coffee this morning. Your name starts with J. If you guys don't fill in that username at the very end, I won't know who ordered it. So three bags of Frickmas. Thank you so much. Another order of coffee came in from JW. Thank you, JW. Three bags of light roast. We appreciate that so, so much. And okay, so I want to react to what you're saying, Lance, because and another gifted membership from Joker Quinn. Thank you so much, Joker Quinn. I basically address that in the show open. So you might not have heard it, or maybe you didn't find what I said to be compelling. So I'm just going to restate what I said. 
because I saw people saying this. I know Porter Rock and some other PlayStation fans were sort of unhappy about this. They're like, yo, let's get some new games. What's going on, right? Victor Mayhem with 31 months of memberships says, welcome back. Let's get back to it. Thank you, my man, Victor. And thanks for doing a VIP. The coffee is so good. Thank you, Vapor, for that endorsement. If you guys have never tried it, it's coffee with balanced acidity. If you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity and you're a coffee drinker, you you should at least try it. Grab yourself a triple threat. Try all three flavors. You will be pleasantly surprised. I, I trust me. Dustin coming back in with 16 months as a membership. So Lance, let me let me say sort of what I said in the show open. The push for a new game, I find to be strange because the game came out three years ago. So The Last of Us Part 2 came out three years ago. Are you going to any other studio and saying this? Are you going to any other studio and saying, you guys just released a new game three years ago? I expect a new game by now. Are we holding anybody else to that standard? I don't think we are. In general, I've always said that I want to see games in a development cycle of five to six years, not three and a half. Yo, it's good, Keeg. So from where I sit, it's like, number one, we know this was likely a very small team that did this. This was not all of Naughty Dog. It's not like Naughty Dog is over there sitting on their hands and is like, yeah, we're just going to do a remaster. We're not going to do anything new. We know that is not the case with studios of this size. We just, we know. And so, and secondly, it's been three years. When this comes out, it'll be three and a half years. Now, Garrett's saying Insomniac, Just because Insomniac has hit a certain cadence of delivery doesn't mean we should expect that from other studios. And and to Lance's point, he's like, you know, in in 11 years, they put out five games, but only two entries, like two franchises. Much of what Insomniac's been able to do because they lean so heavily on pre-existing things in Spider-Man. That has really helped their cadence. To ignore that, I think, is to our peril. Like, you're ignoring something that is pretty glaring. It's like, of course... Insomniac's been able to hit a crazy cadence. Number one, nobody else is hitting that cadence. And number two, it was Spider-Man, then Miles, then Spider-Man 2. And in the midst of that, you had Ratchet and Clank. Three of those games build largely off of each other. I'm not knocking Insomniac's games. I love their games. But we have to be fair here. Like, you you want a brand new Last of Us Part 3... And you don't want it to be built in the existing world and map and area. You're not going to get that in three and a half years. You're just not. I think that's unreasonable. There are plenty of games that were announced four, five, and six years ago. And we haven't seen them. Are you know what I mean? Are you knocking down the door of those studios to be like, hey man, where's your games? What do you? It's been a while, right? I want games to have plenty of time to develop and I don't think three and a half years is a reason to be like oh man there must be something going on over there at Naughty Dog it hasn't even been that long JW comes in with 33 months a gifted member from Stone Spire thank you so much Stone Spire getting us really close to that five nice little you know setup for the 20 bomb let's tempt some people JW says I'm shocked people are all up in arms I'm just looking at it as a $10 PS5 upgrade or like a director's cut kind of thing I'll end up checking it out for sure hope you have a great day thank you JW Ant renews their membership 27 months in a VIP Moody renews 22 months in a VIP welcome back everybody Derek says I think that an undeniably large percentage of what complaints are from people who will complain no matter what if it's Naughty Dog and TLU 2 they could just pay us $10 to play and they would still complain Hellblade 2 was announced in 2019 and we still haven't seen gameplay. 
I believe we have seen gameplay of Hellblade 2, but I don't think people understand that much of Hellblade is what they showed us this year. I enjoyed the Hellblade 2 trailer because I love Hellblade. It's one of my all-time favorite games. It might be my all-time favorite game. And because of that, the scene that they showed, I thought was very powerful. Other people were like, you just showed us a cinematic. And I'm like... It wasn't a cinematic, though. Like, there are large portions of the game that that are like that, where she walks up, and then suddenly you're immersed in a scene. There's a significant amount of Hellblade 2 that has you experiencing that. So, I don't agree that we haven't seen Hellblade gameplay, but I will, I will point out that, yes, you are, in fact, correct... By the time Hellblade comes out, it'll be what? It'll be five years from the time that they announced it. That's a good development cycle. Five to six years. That's that's what we want to see. And The Last of Us Part Two came out three years ago. When this comes out, when January hits, it'll be three and a half years. That means as long as Naughty Dog launches a new title within a year and a half of that, that's a good cadence. That means they took about five years to launch another game. And I'm totally okay with that. We should be okay with that. That's not that's not cause for alarm. Ula Tech with 10 months. Are you going to finally play the up uh, play it with the upgrade? Wasn't a fan of the series until two, and now it's one of my favorite games of all time. I want to replay the part one remake, because I played The Last of Us Part One on my brother's PlayStation 3 years ago so I I, I played like the first couple of hours of the remake because I wanted to see how good it looked and it looked phenomenal but then other things came out and I have not had a chance to go back to it so I want to go back and beat that on my account on my PlayStation so that way I can say okay now I'm going to go right into part two because I mean dude when I played that that was I don't even know what year that was I think when I played the first last of us on his PS3 that I borrowed I want to say that was 2017 I think that was five years ago. Eugene says here, something I don't think you touched on, the team that built this was comprised of a bunch of newer people and was used to give them experience in the franchise in Engine. Yes, I didn't want to run with that because I didn't know if that was rock solid. That That's more rumor-based. But yes, yes, I think that that is something we have to consider. It was new people. They're now acclimated to the game, the engine, and the graphical standards that they want the next game to be at. And then they can get folded into whatever production, you know, stage they are in for The Last of Us Part 3. Lance says, you know, I gotta walk that back because I forgot that Naughty Dog makes Uncharted, a title I don't really care for. Probably why I forgot. Right, like, Naughty Dog's got... I mean, come on. Are we really going to start doubting Naughty Dog's chops because they did a remaster? Like, what are we worried about here? Solemn says, I'm not worried about t 2 remaster being in the way or slowing them down from making a new game. More so worried about the need for a remaster of a game that came out three years ago, even if it is to another gen. You can still wait to do more. I corrected your... You kept putting remake, Solemn. It's a remaster. We, we, we got to make sure we're not... It's not a remake. I just, I really, really struggle to see the problem here. Like, obviously, again, I own my bias. I am late to PlayStation. This is good for me as a consumer. So it's easy for me to be like, well, because this is good for me, that means it's good. Well, not necessarily, okay? 
but I also look at how they're setting it up. I look at how they're treating the customer, and I'm like, I really don't see any issue. Like, what's the problem? If you own the game, you can you can literally spend ten dollars and get new content and an update for, for for ten bucks. It's like a super super cheap DLC is basically what it is. I think they should have just called it a director's cut. Yeah, I, I'm kind of confused by the inconsistency from PlayStation with respect to that. Like, why didn't they call The Last of Us Part 1 remake The Last of Us Part 1 director's cut and then also do that with this? Like, just start using that terminology. Khaled with 25 months, absolutely happy to be part of the community for two years. Are you planning on streaming and playing through TLU 1 and 2? I'm going to play through it, but I'm not going to stream it. I... I am not known for gameplay, dude. We do gameplay, like, on the launch date of something, and then we move on. Like, even recently, we tried to do some Nintendo games, and it just doesn't go over that well, because when 90% of my content is me sitting here doing a talk show, gameplay is just very much a weird gear shift for the audience. They're like, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, it just doesn't fit with what we primarily do. It would be amazing to have, like, a Reforge let's play channel where I could just go and stream and play through games but the problem with that is is then your memberships don't come with you so we've been very much opposed to that idea because I don't want people being confused we tried that a while back and 20 bomb from cat takes us all the way to the doorstep of 25 already gee many Christmas we're starting out strong cat wasting no time getting us back to good numbers and vapor slams the 25 home with a single gifted just like that 25 out of 25 i now owe you guys five members let's get that membership count back to the good numbers that we need and then we'll be set for those incentives for you guys as well director's cut would have been a better name uh but maybe they chose remastered because tlu remastered exists i mean I, it's just it's one of those things it's one of those things and there's the agent of chaos thank you so much Patrick Q pushes it forward and says let's go for the next goal every 25 I get 5 so if we hit 50 I'll owe you more welcome back brother hope the vacation was relaxing thank you so much noob the last of us part 2 is more of a director's cut than Sony's other director's cuts it actually has director's commentary and lost levels it's very odd right that's such a good point Shelly of all of the ones to call a director's cut this is the f- I've never seen a game company do this have you guys ever seen a game company do this they're like hey uh, we're gonna put in levels that we didn't finish we want you to see them Oh, and also, we're going to have, you know, director commentary for the cutscenes. Like, that's a director's cut to me. (laughs) Legend with 18 months in a VIP. Welcome back. It's a name. Who cares? I don't, I'm not necessarily, I don't think we're communicating that we care. I think we're just saying it would be very consistent branding and then expectations would be set they would have announced this or we would have heard rumors that a Last of Us Part 2 director's cut was coming and everybody would have been like, oh, they're going to add a bunch of cool stuff, they're going to make it prettier, and I can upgrade for 10 bucks if I already own it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if they would have done Last of Us Part 1 director's cut instead of calling it a remake. Now, 
that was a very substantive remake. So I get why they wanted to call it a remake. They wanted people to know, like, this is not just some prettied up game. Like, we rebuilt entire systems. Tyler Johnson with 28 months and a VIP. Welcome back. Eugene says, adds content, adds a brand new mode, improves fidelity, like, whatever, uh, whatever, if that bothers you and you're questioning it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure why people were upset. I understand wanting a new game from Naughty Dog. I don't think this is going to interfere with that at all. I, You're well within your right to be like, man, I really want a new game from Naughty Dog. Cool. I, I don't think this is in... I don't think this is in the way of that at all. It's going to land three and a half years after the the last new game they did came out. I, and again, if, if it's a small team of new people... Congrats, Lono. What are your thoughts on my comment below? Thank you for 13 months. 1030 Media Group says, To be up in arms about this release is weird. It's like people being up in arms last year at Rockstar for doing the remasters of GTA before announcing GTA 6. Weren't people upset about that GTA stuff because it was bad, though? Wasn't it, like, really bad? Like, the quality was bad. I, or maybe you're speaking specifically about the announcements. If people were upset about the announcements, then yes. But I think once the actual products were out in the wild, I, it, it was a very different conversation because they were those were pretty... Those were, like, memeable bad. This probably helps make TLU 3 better, potentially. Cal Skirita orders three bags of frickmas guys get those frickmas orders in we did a we we got a smaller amount available this time 250 bags roughly oh a gifted member comes in from sneaky wolf taking us to 27 the member count is hovering around 2000 we dipped a little bit below it but a lot of people will probably renew today so we're right around 2,000 members so we're setting our sights on 2,500 if we do 2,500 we'll do a community game night with you guys I think Jackbox is next up on the docket and that is really really fun to play my wife will join us uh, and we we set up a bunch of different games bunch of different rooms it's really really a good time remakes equal high fidelity graphics and gameplay brought up to modern day standards remaster equals increased resolution and frame rate yeah, the side-by-side comparisons that I saw people doing, like, I know, like, Dreamcast guy tweeted a couple side-by-sides, and he was like, what are we doing here? Maybe it wasn't him. Somebody did that. I thought it was him. And I, I kind of laughed. It doesn't look any different. <laughs> it looks like somebody turned down the lighting. Like, they look darker. But I'm like, that's not really the focal point here. I don't think the focal point is like, oh, yeah, it's going to look dramatically different. It's no, you're going to get better load times. You're going to get better frame rate. We've added new content. We've added commentary. Uh, you, and if you want it, it's it, it's $10. I'd be interested. TLU Season 3 is TLU 2. So you think Season 2 is not... How can it not be TLU 2? How can Season 2 not be The Last of Us Part 2? It... The se- season one ended where the first game ends. So, wouldn't they? Isn't the next season basically going to pick up? Thank you, Kyle, for upgrading to a VIP gold. That's amazing, dude. Thank you for that update. That upgrade. You're going to have to look at gameplay, not cutscenes, to see the differences. 
It wasn't 60 FPS? No, the original version was not 60 FPS. No, because it launched on the PS4. 18 months of membership. Thank you, Kyle. Welcome back. Sneaky Wolf says, glad you're back, bro. Thank you very much. If you guys enjoy this content on the daily and you hate when I'm gone, I try not to take too many breaks and I appreciate the warm welcome back. Make sure you guys are smashing that like button and helping us hit these member goals. You guys are the best. You make this show possible, right? A lot of people are like, this show was is sponsored by X company. I, 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 I don't have to do that, right? One day I probably will get those sponsored deals, but I, this show is sponsored by you. You guys make this show possible with your generosity, and I appreciate it very, very much. The daily listening, the lurking, the hitting the like button, the chatting, all of that helps. I don't think most people are looking at it as just an optional upgrade because that's not what it's being called nor discussed as. It's being discussed as an entire new game with a new game price. Who Who's calling it that? Where is it being discussed as an entirely new game with a new game price? I didn't, I'm not seeing that anywhere. I'm not seeing that in the marketing, the blogs, the trailers. Helu 2 is taking two seasons. Oh, 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 season two and season three. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, they're going to try to time this, I think, at least, coming to PC with season two. I think they'll try to time that. Derek says, we've been talking about it as a $10 upgrade for like an hour now. Do you mean the general public? Yeah, who who is who out there is running with the narrative that this is like a brand new game? I, I don't I don't I've not seen that anywhere. Even in their own marketing, it makes it very clear. They had their own image for the $10 upgrade. I don't think from an optics perspective, that creates this idea that it's a brand new game. It's literally called TLU2 Remaster. How are you gonna expect that to be a new game? I'm talking about outside of here, general discussion and perception, not specifically in this chat. Listen, I don't know how you perceive, um, I don't know how you perceive their announcements any other way. I mean, they look, like I said, they literally had an, an image for the, the upgrade. Like, come on, man. Like that's that's pretty significant that they were like they were locked rocked and ready to rock. They were like, yeah, here you go. You can just get this for ten dollars. Like, am I supposed to believe that that they created and distributed this image here? Hang on, let me change my cap card. They they distributed this image, and I'm supposed to believe that like people are out here thinking this could be a brand new game. It literally is like players that have purchased this title can upgrade for 10 I mean this does not communicate a whole new game there's nothing I don't anybody who's perceiving it that way I I think they're either drunk or they're trying to create like a false narrative so then when it comes out they can claim you know that it didn't deliver five gifted from Aaron Claypool so so generous thank you so much takes us to 32 members on the day you're the best we already had a big 20 bomb from Cat, and now we got a 5 bomb from Aaron. I'm not talking about their announcement, just how other content creators and people online are talking about it, which is the same people we are referring to complaining about. Alright, well, here's the deal. I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I feel like those people are being dishonest to feed themselves future content. That's what I feel like that is. 
that 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 feels like you're literally rigging the deck so that when it comes out you can say yep i told you guys <laughs> they made it seem like it was going to be a whole new game and it's not and it's like they didn't make it seem like it was a whole new game. It's called Tilu Remaster. They literally have marketing materials that show you that it's only $10 to upgrade. They're creating a false narrative. They're basically pre-making a straw man is what they're doing. I don't know what content creators you're talking about. I've not watched any of the videos you're referring to. So I'm not I'm not insulting anybody right now, but I'm telling you, anybody who's putting forth the idea that this is, oh, they're marketing like this, look, a whole new game. No, you're just making a straw man so that in January you can wail on it. It's just, that's just easy content. They, they, this is just, it's just a remaster, dude. That's all it is. Joker Quinn with a gifted member. Thank you so much, Joker. Keeping the little member train going, guys. Hop on. Single gifteds add up. Do not let the member bombs scare you off. It all helps. <clears throat> Narrative farming. That's that. That's what that feels like to me. People that are discussing it outside of here are discussing journalists and YouTuber commentary on the release, not Sony's actual marketing. Is normally the case. I mean, I just again. My my approach to the content like today was I gave you the facts. And then I gave you what I thought. And even when, even in my opinion section, I said, listen, I'm late to PlayStation. That affects my bias, right? This is good for me. That doesn't mean it's good, right? I try to create that dividing line. But then I said, listen, I, as objectively as I can look at this, I don't see any problems here. You had a small group of, of new people, right? You had a small group of new people work on this. You're letting people who already own it upgrade for 10 bucks, and the rest of the studio is likely working on the next game. They're also working on some brand new single player thing that they talked about whenever the factions announcement was made earlier this year, like that they had to delay it or it needed more time or whatever phrasing they used. They were like, yeah, we're, we're also working on a brand new single player thing. So they're, they're not just working on the next Last of Us. So they've got a lot of, they got a lot of things in the fire right now. It's just milking one of the best games ever created. Okay, so? Well, is there a problem with that? If they do a good job and people enjoy it, but you know, I, I said in the open, I'm looking forward to if we actually do get a Gears of War collection. People really enjoy the Master Chief collection. Like, what's the problem with that? Like, I, that's great. If you have an established fan base and an established franchise and you want to put it out there and let people buy it and enjoy it, like, who cares? What's the big deal? Who's it hurting? It's not like they're putting it out there and then making you rebuy the game or you know, yeah, you got to start all the way over. You can import your save. You upgrade, you can upgrade for $10. Like it could not be more you know tilted toward the consumer, you know? I don't necessarily see a problem with this as solemn. I do think it's weird to do one so early though. Would have preferred they waited until the PS5 Pro and been able to touch up the graphics and the performance. Here, here, here's my here's my thought on that. I think what they're doing is they want a base level appearance for virtually all, right? For virtually all of their first party pieces of property that they feel are at that that caliber. 
So they did the director's cut of Tsushima and Death Stranding. Remade Last of Us Part 1. They're remastering this. They did the 4K checkerboard update with 60 FPS for God of War 2018. Uh, they did an update uh, for Spider-Man, you know, to make it run and look better. I, I think it was mainly just frame rate for the Spider-Man. I can't really remember. Uh, and then they, you know, they obviously had some some better lighting and things that they did in Miles Morales. And now they have Spider-Man 2. Now we're also hearing rumors about Horizon Zero Dawn getting a remaster. Their sights are set on the new PlayStation consumer. Touch them up even more than they currently are. No, I get that, Solemn, but I just think that that's an ideal that they're not concerned with. They're not concerned with attaching updates to their... Look at what you're doing. You're attaching what I just talked about, like, hey, we're going to update all these games to be at, like, this caliber. You're randomly attaching one of the games out of the group to the PS5 Pro. That doesn't make any sense. You, you, you see what I'm saying? AOZ was 16 months in a VIP gold. People that don't understand remasters must not understand why car companies release a new car model every year. I have a 2022 Accord. Why do they make a 2023 version? That might be a false equivalency, AOZ. I, I, I understand the point that you're trying to make. I don't know if that functions as, as a parallel. I think that actually functions a little bit more with respect to maybe sports games. You know, annual releasing sports games and they like update the rosters. Um, another order of coffee from Kale. A bag of light roast. Get those orders in if you guys want to bag that Frickmas. Smaller amount this year. I go with what Alana Pierce recently voiced. Wanting stuff from devs for free now would mean less money for full future products. They got to make money today to make games tomorrow now I touched on this in the show open and this is why I think we're having a clash of opinions on this there are PlayStation fans that are upset about this I don't think there's that many I think their gripes are illegitimate I don't think they're legitimate I don't right I'd be happy to do a show with P-Rock you know and tell him he's tell him he's wrong okay (laughs) because he's wrong Alright, it's only been three years. I love him. I love Porter Rock. You know, but he's wrong. Anyways. (laughs) The people that are like, this should be free. Yo, what's good, Zubair? 33 months and a VIP gold. Are they adding path tracing? This guy's addicted to path tracing. I don't know, Zuby. But, we're having, I think, commonly in these discussions, we're having a clash of perspectives. On one side, there are people that see value in quantity attached to frugality, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all with saying, listen, this is what I value. Kale was 17 months in a VIP. Welcome back. Hope you had a great vacation. Thank you so much, Kale. There is nothing wrong with this perspective. It's different than mine, but it is a perspective that you will find pretty commonly. They value quantity attached to frugality. Okay? These are people that think that everything should, these updates should be free. They shouldn't charge money for these updates. These are people that, that love Game Pass. There's nothing wrong with that. If you feel like you're getting value from that company, great. Then there are people over here who have a different perspective. And this is where I consider myself to be. I consider myself to be on the side of pay the devs for the work. Always have felt this way. I felt this way when they were charging $10 for the updates with the director's cuts. 
I said, listen, if we support this, you're going to communicate to the developers that this work is worth doing. Extra work for features with lighting or haptic feedback or 3D audio. All that extra work that goes in, you typically have to have a department that is like in charge of those things. Welcome back, Tubbs Gaming. Upgrading to VIP. You're not paying the devs? Yes, you are. If you want to go through the you're actually paying the publisher and not the devs, you know that's not an intellectually sound position, Cliffo, because the way these game companies work is the more profit a franchise generates, the more money that will get funneled back into the company, right? Pretending like this doesn't support the devs, I think is disingenuous. Like, if we compared two games, Cliffo, and game A sells like crazy, and game B doesn't hit its sales targets... Which developer do you think is in better shape? No, you're not. The devs are on a set salary. Now you're arguing with a straw man. I never said that I'm paying the devs salary. I said, I want to pay the devs for the work that they do. If they make something and it sells well, just because the money goes indirectly to them, that's still supporting the work. If you have two games launch and one game sells like crazy and the other game fails to hit sales targets... Which developer do you think is in better shape? Which one? Which developer do you think is likely to get their next project funded? Which developer do you likely think gets opened up their budget so they can do increased hiring? Which developer, the one that had a game sell really, really well, or the game that didn't sell well at all? AOZ is saying that SIE developers make a large annual bonus based on company success. There you go. You are supporting the devs this is a common mistake that people make they're like well no you're not supporting the devs you're actually just paying the publishers who the frick do you think's writing the check who, who do you think's back in their next project you literally said you're paying the devs the devs aren't to blame for sales targets Cliffo, this is such a waste of time discussion because you're just you're just completely sabotaging what we're talking about you, you, so what you want me to do now is waste time explaining to you how if sales targets aren't met that the de- developer's under threat. I need to explain that to you? Seriously? You, you've been in here. You, you cover the industry. You, you, you're plugged into the industry, and you need me to explain that to you. That if a game fails to hit its sales targets, you're like, well, that's not on the devs. I didn't say that it was. Which developer do you think is in better shape? Which developer do you think is more likely to get their next project funded? I I, I didn't say, this is what always happens. You're arguing against things I didn't say. You know that when I say you're supporting the devs or you're paying the devs for the work, you know there's this big mountain of nuance behind that. I'm not literally saying that I'm handing $10 to a developer to go buy a soda with. You know what I'm saying? Like... You chose to interact? Well, yes, because you're pushing back on what I'm saying. That's what we do here. It's called the discussion. If you're going to push back on what I'm saying, it, 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 it stands to reason that I'm going to interact with it because that's how discussions typically go. I don't only interact with, with people that agree with me. That's boring. I typically pick out statements that are against what I am saying. The problem is, is you're bogging the conversation down into being pedantic about where the money goes. We all know... 
we all know that when projects do really well and franchises do really well that supports the devs it doesn't have to be directly like i'm not saying yes when i buy this i'm giving ten dollars to the developer i'm paying the dev for their work how i'm supporting the project when the project does well margins are good that goes right back around to the developer the publisher says hey man this franchise is kicking this project's doing well let's continue to dump into this franchise so yes it does support the devs when you buy the game when you support the the product and again you this completely sidelines the discussion that i was trying to have it's a perspective clash There are people who think, if I value it, I'm going to pay money for it. And there are people who think, I value quantity tethered to frugality. These are different perspectives on the industry. So I had a guy coming at me last night. He's coming from the other side. And he thinks this should be free. Why? Because other companies did it. Like, that's the argument. Other companies did remasters and made them free. So this should be free. I don't find that kind of argumentation compelling because it's like you're basically saying that if one company does it, everybody else should. I think that that's, I think that that's silly. We don't apply that to almost any other business. Are you going to walk out of Olive Garden and Fazoli's and insist that every Italian restaurant you go to give you free breadsticks? Because, well, they did it. You can walk into a five-star Italian restaurant and be like, where are the free, where are the free breadsticks? And they're like, we charge money for our breadsticks. Why? Well, because they're handmade and it's a proprietary recipe and we have this guy in the back. This is his specialty. And so it's it's literally something that we we charge for. Well, but these people made it free. Why don't you make it free? We're completely different businesses with completely different strategies of how to get engagement and how to get money. So everybody's going to approach these these uh these offerings differently. Not every company is going to update their game and be like, "Here you go, free." When a company does, great, but that doesn't set a standard across the industry. Shelly says, thoughts, what'd you say? I was relieved to see that TLU multiplayer wasn't included in the remaster. I know its state is still unknown. The devs say one thing, media says another. In my opinion, its absence reassures me it's still a standalone. Absolutely going to demand free breadsticks at every Italian restaurant. Don't act like you wouldn't. Uh, and transmissions from a spaceboat 23 months welcome back what I heard about the free breadsticks here sir this is Wendy's so again I'm not under the delusion that if I spend this $10 that it's going to some developer at Naughty Dog But what I am saying is there are people on this side of the discussion who say I have no problem paying with works that with the work that the dev does as Alana Pierce said if you support things right now that's supporting work in the future she's not saying do it out of some weird compulsory like oh you better support us or we'll go away she's saying listen if you support these things it funds future work whether it's DLC or a remaster or other or some other kind of monetization the issue is if we want to see new things not the same things over and over even if it's only a small part of doing it's still a part listen 
you are well within your right to want new things, but the industry is so, so strongly proving that that's not what's in demand. Look at the biggest selling franchises. I'm sorry. Look at the biggest selling games this year. They're all established franchises with the exception of Hogwarts. And even that's an established franchise. It's an established, you know, uh, it's an established like brand. Everybody knows who Harry Potter is, right? Barrier with 26 months in a VIP. This is sort of my breadstick Karen arc. That's right. English show with 26 months in a VIP. I'd rather pay for the breadsticks and have the lobster on Game Pass. <clears throat> Do you see the point that I'm making? Like, I think both people can be right. Both both gamers are right. It's like if you value Game Pass and free updates and you don't want to pay a $10 upgrade fee, that's fine. Cool. Go put your money into what you value. I'll put my money into what I value and we'll see where the market ends up. So the director's cuts and remasters are in demand. Where are the sales figures? There isn't any. We'll see now what you're doing is, is you're changing train tracks. You weren't saying that people don't want director's cuts and remasters. You said people want new games. Let's go back to what you originally said. The issue is we want to see new things, not the same things over and over. Even if only a small part, this is still a part, right? And my pushback to you was many of, if not most of the most successful games this year are established games, established franchises, Zelda and Spider like look at all the game of the year nominations they're all either sequels or a remake except for wait aren't they all we looked at this the other day they're all Alan Wake 2 Baldur's Gate 3 Spider-Man 2 Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 basically and then Resident Evil remake and Super Mario Wonder you could argue isn't really a direct sequel but it's an established franchise established piece of property So my pushback to you was that the industry, the consumer is not communicating that they want something new. Now, maybe you meant they want new games, not remasters, but the the consumer is communicating. We're totally fine with sequels and established franchises. That's where everybody's spending their money. The amount of releases that Naughty Dog has done is proof of their demand. This is a great time for my welcome back gift. Sequels don't win game of the year. (laughs) I never said sequels don't win. I said sequels should have to do extra work when going up against a brand's new IP, specifically referencing the year that Tilu 2 won over Ghost of Tsushima. I never said that sequels don't win. I said they should have to do more work. And dadgummit, this year, all the sequels that are up there, they did did a lot of work. Do you believe that all 400 employees at Naughty Dog worked on this remaster? We're still getting something new. Just because we're getting something in between doesn't negate the other. Well, and as I was saying, if this supports Naughty Dog as a company, if this supports Last of Us as a franchise, that's a, that's a good thing in my book. It's a company that I like. It's property that I like. 
And if some small team put this together, and this thing is prized to do very well once the new season of the show comes out, okay? Because every episode of the first season caused a surge in sales of The Last of Us. So the same thing will likely happen with season two and the sequel. And they're going to be there, open arms, with a shiny new package to say, Last of Us 2 Remastered. Here you go. You know? You actually take the Game Awards seriously? Golden Joystick Awards are the real deal? According to you, who are you? Like, why would your opinion be the decider of which is better? Which Game Awards ceremony or event is better? Why should we... Why should we go with what you're saying versus what we're saying? Like, a lot of people think Keeley's event is like, I think it's like becoming the the next to... Yeah, next Summer Game Fest. Like, we basically have bookended the year almost. Summer, you get Summer Game Fest. And then December, you get the Game Awards. And his viewership is rivaling, like, very, very big events. He's doing... The event's doing quite well. I don't know. Golden Joystick's been around for 20 years. Okay. What? How does that... That gives it more validity? Why? Why was that give it more validity? Can't other things come along later and either be just as good if not better? And yeah, Golden Joystick's nomination process is super weird. Their nominees stop in like September. The Dice Awards are the better ones or the BAFTAs? <clears throat> I like them all, you know. I liked how the BAFTAs actually recognized that Returnal should have been acknowledged as a Game of the Year contender, right? Like that to me, I you know, I I felt like the Returnal got absolutely, absolutely shortchanged at uh, at the Game Awards. I think largely because people couldn't beat it. <laughs> I think people couldn't beat it. Many of the reviews were people that had not gone through a full run, and my entire opinion of the game changed after one full run. So. Any fan-voted award shows are always a joke. Yo, what's good, Feed? How are you? Game Awards get far more press coverage and eyeballs than the Joystick of the Dice Awards, like it or not. That's the situation. Game of the Year shows aren't serious. Why would you watch them? This one is the best. Right, that sentence, like... That sentence punched itself in the face. <laughs> that sentence punched itself in the face. It was like, why would you take any of this serious? This one's the best one. Like, what? Saying awards being around for a long time is the appeal to authority fallacy. Yeah, appeal to authority, fallacy the expert, fallacy the professional. It goes by a lot of names saying one is superior, better, or more true, or more accurate, simply because it's been around longer. Yeah. Also feels like there might be some sunk cost in there. I don't know. Eugene says, you know who gets to do remasters and remakes at a cadence like this? Someone who makes Game of the Years on the regular, and whose games people want to experience the best possible versions of. Yeah, I wonder if that in general is the challenge here, is that 
is that when you do have games that hit such a good caliber, you're 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 going you're going to see that game show up regularly. You know, I it'd be it. I also think some of this is related to back when a lot of the PlayStation games first started coming to PC. We learned that a lot of the developers had been begging PlayStation to let them put their games on PC. Some of that, I feel, is related to that a lot of these games were maybe a little bit ahead of their time, right? So they're like, listen, we can finally do what we wanted to do with these games. We were having to, we were having to, um, you know, cut things short or not do certain things with, you know, with the graphics or not do certain things that we wanted to do. And now we can. So it makes sense that some of these developers want to go back and give their games the spit shine of the next generation. What was the worst game that got game of the year award in the past 10 years? I don't really have an opinion on that. I really don't. Overwatch, because it doesn't exist anymore. Uncharted 4 was robbed. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I could easily pick Overwatch, but that's so based on my own bias and my own preferences. I believe there were a lot of things that went into why that game got the award, you know? That's not really what today's discussion is about. Today, you know, that's we we've had that discussion, not that particular question, but we've had the game of the year debate, we've had the nominations debate. I I don't I don't I'm find that whole thing to be exhausting. I, I you know, Xbox, the Xbox tax and all of that. It just it's so it's like debating flat earthers. I just don't it's just not fun. You know, we keep hearing a PC launcher is coming, but only rumors. I'll be honest. I really hope they don't do that. I really hope they don't do a PC launcher. I just, I don't know. I feel like all you do when you do that is it confuses people. You know, it's got to be at a really good quality. I feel like so many of the launchers that I have to use, they're not good, whether it's Origin or Uplay or the Xbox store. I'm. It's like come on just use steam you know i get why they would want to do it you know you want to bypass the the 30 percent that you've got to share with steam but it just ends up it just doesn't seem like it's worth the time and energy you know i somebody argued in favor of it a while back and i felt like they made a good argument i don't remember what they said but i remember having this discussion with somebody and it was like you know I was like what the heck why would you bother doing that and I felt like they made a decent case as to why a PlayStation launcher would be good or would make sense for Sony to try to do it and I was just like I still think it's, I still think it's a stupid idea like but just use Steam right kick your games over there after 18 months or so and you know have a, have a solid presence and good property and a good showing on the PC landscape. You know, the, the Last of Us Part Two remastered would likely come to PC. I think probably early 2025. They'll line that up with the the next season. 
and don't let Iron Galaxy touch it for Pete's sakes. I really hope more game studios take influence from Naughty Dog with the lost levels and director's commentary stuff. I want to see Corey talk about God of War 2018 cutscenes. Oh, talk over. Get his insight ETC. You know, here's the thing though, Shelly. Do you, well, have they, they didn't really go into too, too great a detail in the blog. I basically quoted it directly for most of that. I had three sections of the monologue and that section of the monologue, I was mostly just directly quoting them. Are they going to be, will I be able to just go in and watch the cutscenes, or will I have to play through the game? Because, like, there's a part of me that would enjoy that for God of War Ragnarok, but I wouldn't want to have to, like, replay the entire game. I'd love to just click a button and watch the scenes, just watch all the cutscenes, and hear what they have to say for each individual one. I'm imagining they're going to let you do that in in this, in this game. I, I'm imagining. Eugene says, if it provides a unified ecosystem and lets me take PlayStation games to PC for free and gives integration, it's worth it. I think that might have been what somebody said, is that if they went with the PC launcher, then you wouldn't have to buy the game again. I feel like that's what somebody said. And I found that to be decently compelling as an argument but I, but again, I also feel like we're, it just feels like such a losing battle. It just feels like a lot. I, maybe it is the right choice. Maybe it is better for the consumer and then they can, you know, with the portal and PC and the potential of cloud coming, maybe that's the right move. I just don't like having all these other launchers, especially if they're not very good, right? They'll probably be a lost levels menu. You have to beat the game first. They did this for part one, basically. The whole cast reacts to the entire cutscenes. I think you can do both. You have to beat the game first, though. Okay. Okay. No, because I would love to do that. I I kind of agree with you. It would be really fun to, like, watch cutscenes in a game like Hellblade. And because one of the cool things about Hellblade is you can go watch that documentary about, like, how they made the game and what they did. And it was really, really cool. It was really insightful. It'd be even cooler if I could go back and watch all the cutscenes in Hellblade and be like, "Oh wow, that—that's what went into this scene, or that you know, that's what they were thinking when they wrote this sequence, or that voice actor thought this about the lines or the script, or whatever." I like that kind of stuff. I think that kind of stuff's really interesting. You don't think Sony could make a good PC launcher? It's. <laughs> It's not that I don't think they could make a good PC launcher. It's that that generally all the launchers I've used haven't been that great. <laughs> the EA launcher, the Origin launcher, because there, there's like a separate one for EA games that you can use, like if you have EA Play. So there's the EA one, then there's the Origin one, then there's the Uplay one, then there's the Xbox one, and I feel like none of them are very good. Like the Blizzard launcher, I think, was like okay. It was fine. It didn't seem to have any issues. I feel like there was. I feel like I've always had issues with, with the other launchers. That's what I'm getting at. These director commentaries are for every cutscene, so you get all the things and the bits that get overlooked in a typical documentary. Butter says Valve has done uh, this with every game they made. You can go back and run through Half Life and Portal with dev commentary. Really. Gilly Deniz says, welcome back. Lono, we missed you. Thank you so much, dude. 
Somehow Steam just figured it out. I mean, I'm sure Steam went through rough stages. I know. I wasn't there in the early days with Steam. I don't think I was. If there's a way to check that, like when I made my account, but I'm sure Steam had 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 rough moments or you know rough versions or I don't know. I mean, they they've had a long time to 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 kind of smooth it out and and perfect it and get it right. <laughs> Deleted levels and scenes, director's commentary. Sony's really leaning into the movie game meme. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. If I was like a, you know, a, like a, a Sony hating channel, that's a video I would make, you know? I told you. <laughs> I told you all they do is make movie games. Now they're releasing their games with director's commentary for the cutscenes. What do you watch games over there? Y'all don't play games. You watch games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody's got to make that. Somebody's got to. Somebody get Doc Dark in here. I'll get him. I'll get him. His, that's his new That's his new video. Although he's not supposed to talk about PlayStation on his channel now. I don't know if he'll be able to do that. Jay Barry will come after him again. <laughs> They've even done it for Team Fortress and Alex, which is weird, but it's very cool to hear the devs talk about what they did. When I PC gamed, it was at a time no one wanted to use Steam. It was horrible. <clears throat> Don't give him any ideas. I, I, that's, I think that's a funny video. I think that's a funny video. My issue with launchers is Talica is how they do their storage. If they all had the same storage system as Steam, I'd be fine using other launchers. I'm not sure what you mean, Talica. Like, you don't... What do you mean by how they do their storage? They just install the game on your computer, right? What do you, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Sony made the PSVR 2 so they can put players in the movie. That's right. Is there a way to find out how long Steam took to smooth the edges? I have no idea. You'd have to try to find somebody who's done like a, you know, like a history of Steam video or something. And, you know, at what point did they really, you know, turn the corner and land and, you know, and become beloved, you know, beloved? When, when, when did that happen? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I remember playing um what did they call them were the game were the games for windows i remember buying games and that was on the box that was like on the clamshell you know like it was like right on the clamshell i was like games for windows i remember playing games like that <laughs> games for windows was so bad it would like do this thing it would like check something when it first opened or something I feel like they would do I feel like it would be running while the game was running and it caused all these problems and everybody complained I I, I cannot I, I can't really remember I think it was one of the Gears of Wars or something yo Skatenator with 13 months 13 months and many more to come I love the channel in this community so much most generous community on YouTube keep up the amazing work thank you so much Skatenator welcome back dude you go through the entire Steam client update feed on the site. I don't really feel like doing that. <laughs> uh, Steam did all the same things people complain about other stores doing. I don't get the love, honestly. Well, it's so you know a little bit, a little bit of sunk cost, Eugene. 
Once you get that digital library built up, what are you going to do? <laughs> Skatenator comes in, doesn't just renew his own membership, but he gives one to somebody else. Thank you so much, Skatenator, taking us to 34. We're at 1,900 members. Let's get back to 2,000, and then we can set our, so set our sights on 2,500, and we'll do a community game night. If we can get to 2,500 members, we'll let you guys play a very not safe for work a lot of those Jackbox games, they get a little crazy. A little bit of Jackbox. <laughs> you guys have been asking for that. We can do that for sure. This Friday night is the return of Hilly Hijinks. You guys don't want to miss that. You have no problems with Steam? I mean, I, 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 I don't have any issues with Steam. This Friday night, Hilly and I will be playing Lethal Company. This co-op horror game that's kind of exploded on Steam. It's got a 98%. And that's what we'll be doing. One thing I don't like about Steam is that there's no way to combine accounts. I'm stuck having the same game with different progress on each account. Hmm. Yeah, Capono, you don't need to say that. Help help Lono get back into the, the algo. You don't need to say that. <laughs> just just sh- show up, hit like, you know, gift the members, chat a bunch, lurk, listen, do all the things, you know? All those things support what we do here. I guess you just start off a villain and you become a hero. You think it was conspicuous that PC and, mm, and multiplayer were absent from the remaster. I think that says something about them not being included. I'm not sure what you mean by PC. I mean, multiplayer not being included is not surprising at all. My personal opinion is that Factions 2 will either take a really long time to come out or they're just going to roll it in as a mode. They're just going to roll it in as a mode when The Last of Us Part 3 comes out. You know? Why need multiple Steam accounts? Yeah, I'm not sure why he needs multiple Steam accounts. I love Steam and I don't use Steam. They test good games for us console players. (laughs) It's why there's no Half-Life 3. They don't need to. They're making bank off Steam uh, as the main central platform for PC gaming as they control 50 to 70% of the PC games market. Yeah, every time Portal 3 comes up, you know, there's people that worked on the original. A lot of the talent is like, hey, I'd be willing to come back. But I just, where are, are the devs still around? Like, are those teams still around? I don't know. I've not followed, you know, the team's that worked on Half-Life 2 and Portal and Portal 2. I don't know if those devs, what they're doing right now. Are they, have they dispersed? Are they working other companies? I don't know. I've not followed it. You think a PC port comes later this year? You're already in 2024, Eugene. Goodness gracious. Like, can we get through Christmas? <laughs> Five gifted members from the bright side bumps a line to 39 he says, come on, let's get back to 2,000 members. And then we can set our sights on 2,500. Uh, Lono devs have a longer lifespan than 20 years. I'm not sure what you mean, Paris. I literally mean, like, are the teams still together? Like, are they still around? And what, if they are, what are they working on? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I've not, I've not followed them. It'll come in 2024 for sure. I actually could see them waiting and doing the PC port early 2025, mid 2025, time it with season two of The Last of Us. Um, I could see them doing that. 
especially after the last port, you know, take as much time as you possibly can. You know, let The Last of Us 2 remaster just kind of ride the year on on the PlayStation. And then late in the year, that's what they would do. Around this time next year, they would announce it coming to PC. They'll do the same thing. They'll like they'll they'll kick it to next year. After Thanksgiving, the year is over in my mind. Okay, Scrooge. <laughs> After Thanksgiving, it might as well be January. It might as well be tax season. <laughs> After Thanksgiving, <laughs> especially Tax Man's Day. Dude, let, let Santa come down the chimney first. Stone Spire setting up an easy 10 bomb. Puts us at 40 out of 50. Thank you so much. We'll see if anybody takes the bait. A very, very nice layup there. Thank you, sir. Don't even want to allow Last of Us Part 1 to happen again? Oh, I, I would certainly hope not. That was that was such a wasted effort. I don't, it's probably still not sitting at a good review score. Still, to this day. Its recent score is probably better. But it still is probably not very good. Last of Us Part 1. Uh, looks like it's on sale still. 40 bucks. Um, its overall score is mixed at a 66%. The last 30 days, it's at a 94. Do you see? Do you see what happens to a bad port? The scores get better over time, right? Your your your, your mixed score, 24,000. It's going to take a long time to write that ship. You know? It does look nice. I mean, if, if, if we're honest. I mean, it does look nice when someone lands on this page and they see recent reviews 94. You know, that certainly helps. But this right here, this right here, that's what a bad port looks like, man. You, just, you It's so hard to shake this right. It's so hard to shake this score. It's going to be like that for a while. December cost me more money than taxes. Bring on tax season, please. <laughs> uh, I just got part one again because of the part two remaster. I could see people doing that. I could see people saying that they want to get the uh, that they want to get the, the the part the part one and play it since you know since part two is coming for sure. Those recent reviews weren't that good on Friday. Do you, are you, do you mean a bunch of people came and bought it? Do you think that's what's happened? Here's a review from the 23rd and then October 31st, November the 6th, November 21st, um, November the 6th, November 22nd, November 21st. Yeah, it looks like a lot of the reviews are somewhat recent. Here, let's go most... Oh, yeah, most recent. Most recent. A bunch on the 28th, which is today. Yeah, a bunch on the 28th. I'm still scrolling, and I'm still... Now I'm to the... Now I'm to the 27th. Yeah. It looks It looks to me like they... Uh, they had a They had a bit of a boost in, in sales, probably because of the announcement. 
They've been positive for a while. I've been looking. I mean, yeah, the recent 30 days has been on the uptick, and that makes sense, right? They went back, and they fixed things, and they've improved things, and that's, that's great. But that just goes to show you a bad port will really, really... It, it may never recover on its overall score. You know, it may never recover. A year from now, it'll probably still be in, like, the 70s. It's just, when you have 24,000, you know, reviews, number one, that hurts your momentum. Like, when it first came out, a ton of people didn't buy it that would have bought it because they went and looked at the score, and they were like, oh, my gosh, right? That's a really, really quick... That's a, that's a, that's a shin kick, if I've ever seen one, right? As soon as you start to try to start running, all the reviews are negative. It's like, well, then anybody who works with Steam historically, like that's their digital library. They're going to go to that storefront and they're going to say, I'm not buying this game. Oh my gosh. You know, it's in the red. I, the, the momentum for Returnal got hurt because they used the Epic Online store for co-op and people saw that little Epic Online store pop up and they thought they thought it ghost installed the Epic Launcher. And so immediately day one, I remember I went and I saw a bunch of negative reviews. I'm like, what's wrong? What is was it a bad port? No, a bunch of them were like, it ghost installs, it ghost installs the Epic Game Store. And I was like, oh, here we go. So day one, people went to buy Returnal and they saw a bad score and they read the reviews and they were like, I'm not letting Epic Game Store get ghost installed. And it really, really hurt Returnal's reception on PC, which is super unfortunate because it's a very good port, according to anybody who's done tech analysis, and it's a fantastic rogue. And rogues are super popular on on Steam. I was, like, I was very frustrated by that. Like one of my favorite games, like basically got kneecapped on its launch day. It's like you couldn't warn people, you know? I don't even know. I guess I don't know how you would, you know? How do you warn them about something like that? Yeah, it's going to use Epic Online Store for for co-op. Sony will lose hundreds of dollars more from me next year. Curious to see updated PS Plus numbers. Yeah, PS Plus has got to, in in my estimation, they, they need to... They need to do a full court press of, you know, updates. Here's new stuff. Here's better stuff. I think the way that it's it's laid out on the PlayStation also just kind of looks terrible. It just it just feels super cluttered every time I go over there. I'm like, what is this? I should go over there and it should just be like, doom, doom, doom. You know, here are the games. I shouldn't have to go searching. You know, Game Pass is so superior in that regard. I scroll down. And there's like four or five games right there. I'm like, oh, cool. I just, it just isn't put together very well. You know, subservices in general are plateauing, but you're not helping yourself when you make it look cluttered and messy and you take away the annual discount that people were, you know, not, they don't take it away. It just isn't as big. Craig with 27 months in a VIP, finally got a PS5. You made Returnal look easy. It is not. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm doing a fresh run myself right now. And I got to Biome 4, like, with ease. I, j- I didn't die once. And uh, they, let you keep, they let you keep the astronaut. Even when you roll over to Biome 4, like, they reset my gear, but I still had the astronaut. I think I did, because I died last night, and I came, I stood back up, and I was like, huh? Uh, unless I bought one and didn't realize it. Anyways, yeah, Biome 4 kicked my butt, and then I played it again, and I beat it, 
and then Biome 5 just swung on me. It absolutely swung on me. Like, I was not ready. I went into a room, got a little cooked. I was like, okay, tried to be careful. And then all of a sudden, I was like, my my health was gone. I got melted by something. It was, uh, it was something far away in the room. And it just shot a bunch of stuff. And then... All of a sudden, there was somebody next to me. I was done, dude. Biome 5 just absolutely swung on me. Returnal's easy once it clicks. Yeah, even when you have a good build and you feel like the game has clicked, I that, that's, that shift from 4 to 5 felt like a pretty big swing. It was fast. I remember people being shocked when I did my full run-through. I remember people being shocked at how I got through Biome 5 so easily, I played very passively. I remember. I sat back. I had a portal. I got a gun with the portal beam, and I was able to kind of sit back. And I played a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, the underwater level. That's Biome 5. I played a little bit more aggressive. I was kind of pushing in. I was kind of pushing into the rooms instead of sitting back, and I just got absolutely cooked. I went in this one room, and as soon as I stepped over to the right, I realized I had overextended, and it was like... Instead of retreating, I held my ground. Yeah, that was it. I died. It was, you know. Five is the hardest biome. It feels that way. I remember biome six not being that as, as challenging. Biome five is... You gotta watch. You gotta watch out. You will... <laughs> They'll, they've got some attacks that will light you up. You all, you look down, you're like, oh my gosh, where'd my health go? Hollow Seeker with Portal. Yeah, that's my go-to. Hollow Seeker with Portal is like, is so strong. Biome 4 boss, the portal wasn't working on him. I kept a weaker Hollow Seeker because of Portal Beam, and the Portal Beam didn't work on him, so I died. Next run, I had the same gun, same thing, and Portal Beam worked on him, and it 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 really was shredding him good. 5 is ice, 6 is underwater. Wait, I went to the wrong one? I thought... I have not played it in such a long time. I thought 5 was underwater. And six was ice. So I went to six. That's probably why I got cooked. I didn't realize that. I thought I thought it was the other way around. I swore the time that I played it with you guys, I went underwater first. I swore I did. No, you're right, because the ice has like those little individual rooms that are really, really tough. That's probably why I got cooked. I didn't, I wasn't, I was, their damage output was higher than where I was. <laughs> like, I didn't have the health for it. My, you know, my gun probably was, you know, it was doing fine, but that's probably one of the reasons I died so fast. I, I didn't realize I skipped five. I swore on my run through that I went underwater first. That was my memory. Like, I went to both sides and I looked and I saw ice and I went to the other side and I looked down and saw water and I was like, I was like, I think it's water. And I just jumped in. Ice has the gauntlets. That's right, because right, 5 doesn't have a traditional boss. 5 just has like the really tough rooms. So there's not a real boss. That's right. And then you go to 6. That's underwater. That leads to the final boss. I got it wrong. That's my fault. (laughs) That's my fault. I remember playing five really passively, all those rooms and challenges. I just sat back on the door and my portal did all the work for me. I can't believe I forgot. Can't believe I forgot that. I have not been able to that that final when I finally did that run through, I think that was two years ago. 
Wasn't that the end of 2021 where I did that? That was two years ago. Like, I've not done a full run-through in two years. So I guess it makes sense why I forgot. Four to five is a massive jump. I went four to six! <laughs> Y'all need to learn about our Lord and Savior Dreadbound. Isn't that the one that goes do 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 and then you have to wait for them to come back? I, I, I hate that gun. Did you get my order for the coffee? Let me check. Uh, I have an order of a Frickmas blend. Somebody with the name, the, the first name starts with J. I'm assuming that's you. I don't want to say your, your first name or your last name. Um, but I have an order here of one bag of Frickmas. Jorgen Player is one of my favorite fights in all of gaming. I recorded his song, like I stood there behind him and I recorded like two and a half minutes of his song and then I went all the way back down and I recorded going up because the music swells and adds layers as you go up it's gotta be one of the best sequences in a game it's almost as good as when Senua gets to the tree and remembers meeting Dillion that's that's one of the most that's one of the most beautiful most artistically creative so well executed sequences in a game I've ever played when when Senua gets to the tree and she remembers meeting Dillian and the swelling music for Biome 4 I mean I died and, and I'm like I'm almost fine with it because I get to replay Biome 4 and experience that again it's so good he goosebumps every time I fought him twice last night and both times on my way up to, the, to that boss it's just absolutely phenomenal it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's such a shame that that artistry is like like a hidden nugget inside the game and so many people didn't get there because Biome 3 was so hard before they retuned it. I remember Biome 3, like I would die faster in Biome 3 against an astronaut and he, he did more damage than the freaking Biome 2 boss. It's like I beat Biome 2 boss, I step into Biome 3 and those freaking astronauts would smoke you. And they finally retuned it. A bunch of people are going to... They will never experience the greatness that is Biome 4 because Biome 3 kicked the crap out of them. They never went back. I, I, did, I did. I stopped playing the game. I was like... And I tried to tell people. I'm like, Biome 3 is overtuned. No, it's not. No, it's not. Housemark agreed with me. <laughs> they retuned it. And it plays exactly as it should like it feels like a step up from two but it's not like it doesn't punch your teeth out you know it's long too dude biome three is not short i love it i love the settings all the environments are so good the returnal discussion is excellent listening to it from california while at my job for the dha department of human assistance hey man thanks for hanging out dude glad you're enjoying the conversation we're 10 away from 50 let's get 300 likes if you guys have been enjoying the show and discussion, make sure you're smashing that like button. We need 50 more likes. You never beat the real three. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. How in the world do you guys get past Biome 2? I only recently started playing, but it seems I can never get past it. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I feel like Biome 2 is if you properly get outfitted in Biome 1, Biome 2 is kind of a is kind of cake. I think what you're doing is is you're skipping too many rooms in Biome 1. Biome 1, especially now that you can suspend your run, you should exhaust everything in Biome 1. You will be so strong going into Biome 2. 
Biome 2 should be cake if you properly outfit in Biome 1. It sounds like you're skipping too many rooms. Because I had such a killer build, and the reason was, I did everything in Biome 1. Every blue room, every optional fight, I did it all. And I was armed to the teeth when I got the Biome 2. I just smoked it. Yeah, Biome 2 is the desert, yeah. And you, you fight the guy that flies around at the end. He's the boss. He's he's really, really easy. I think he's easier than, in some respects, I feel like he's a little bit easier than Biome 1. He's just so easily, like, you just pivot. He just flies out, you pivot, shoot. He flies out, you pivot, shoot. Like, you always put yourself, like, on the angle of what he's shooting at. It, he, feel, he, feels, he feels pretty manageable. That's why Biome 3 always felt like, what happened? Because Biome 2 boss felt super manageable and then I'd get into biome 3 I'd face an astronaut and be like what the heck like I would die so fast you're stuck on biome 4 bin him in biome 4 is a like yeah it's like a marsh it's basically biome 1 overgrown so some of the rooms are familiar but it's all it's all overgrown um you think biome 2's boss is the hardest really Biome 2 bosses where the journos got stuck. Huh. I don't, I don't know why. It, it just doesn't seem as hard to me. I feel like Biome 1 can be harder because you can... If you don't get a good gun, that the fight just can go upside down on you. I don't know. I, I think everybody's... I, I guess everybody's a little bit different. Biome 3 has the second phase with the air. Oh, I love it. I love, I love it. It's so fun. If you can get the you automatically heal at low integrity. If you can make it to the part where you're in the air, you basically can't die. You'd have to almost intentionally die because he doesn't shoot at you enough. Like, you'll take a little bit of damage, but by the time you get back to the front area where, he, you know, he's shooting at you more effectively again, you're, you've already healed again. Like, you're basically invincible if you can get heals at low integrity, and if you can make it to the air, you're you're, you're fine. He won't He won't touch you. I mean, he will, but he won't kill you. Biome 2 boss was by far the hardest for a new player. I mean, I think I'll agree with that. I think I would agree with that. He has a couple of things he does that are pretty that are pretty tough to manage. His third phase, he beat me up quite a bit. I, you know, I, I had so much health and so many perks, I was okay. But I think I would agree with that. He has a couple of things he does in his third phase, especially where... He combines a lot. Like he's 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 slamming the ground. He's shooting at you. He 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 comes up to you and tries to hit you. Um. Yeah. Biome three, four, and six bosses are pretty free. Yeah. The problem with biome four was I went in with a gun that I knew was weak, and I just I did it for the for the portal. I thought, oh, this will do all the work for me. I was turning down like a three level bump. You know. NCSoft, a global premier developer and publisher, today announced that it has signed a strategic global business partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment. The two companies' CEOs, Taishin uh, Kim and Jim Ryan, have met and jointly signed the partnership. Under this partnership, um, NCSoft and SIE will collaborate in various global business fields, including mobile. The two companies are evaluating a range of potential opportunities with an aim to foster strategic synergy, leveraging NCSoft's technological prowess and SIE's global leadership in the entertainment field. 
This partnership with SIE is the beginning of our efforts to build various synergies together, utilizing both companies' core competencies, technological capabilities, and expertise. Expertise. We will deliver a new and enjoyable experience to our audience across and beyond genres and regions. This is Jim Ryan speaking. He says, partnering with NCSoft advances our strategy to expand beyond console and broaden PlayStation's reach to a wider audience. Like SIE, NCSoft shares a similar vision in creating high-quality, impactful entertainment experiences for players everywhere. And together, we're excited to collaborate to push the boundaries of gaming further. Yeah, Ryan was fired, though. He was walked out the door. Yeah. He just signed a partnership that's going to get PlayStation... It's going to get SIE into mobile. That's pretty big. <laughs> Didn't he get fired? Yeah, he got fired. Yeah, he's Now he's shaking hands with NCSoft's a CEO. Sure. What I'm hearing is this remaster is really changing The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, we're well off subject. It didn't... The, the We... After about an hour and 20, the subject ran out of gas because it was like... No, nobody was really taking up a contrarian position. Everyone's like, this isn't a big deal. <laughs> Sony partner with Shift Up. I'm assuming their owner, Stellar Blade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're considered what now? Second party or whatever it's called? Wild how Jim Ryan was fired, but Sony let him sign deals. Yeah. Can we reflect on some of NCSoft's projects recently? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were poo-pooing NCSoft last couple times we've tried to cover their upcoming games, and... uh... (laughs) How? I thought PlayStation was going bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a good one. I like I like that one. <laughs> like, they find some insider who's like, they're gonna close they're gonna close up next year. I was like, oh really? Wow. <laughs> well, we're talking about a massive lawsuit then. I guess they've been lying to the investors. <laughs> they've been lying to the shareholders on all their earnings calls. But this guy seems to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that one made me laugh. That one was good. <laughs> Sony sure lets you down easy when they let you go. Talk about a golden parachute. <laughs> CEOs have a different exit than just the guy working at Lowe's in the paint department. I mean, Jake, you can't possibly be buying into the nonsense that Jim Ryan was fired. Like, the people running with that narrative are conveniently only people who are like anti-Sony. They're nothing nothing bias-laden there at all. And they're also just ignoring the history of the position. The two former CEOs did the same thing. They hit five years and they got out. You know. The interim made it for two years. So it was five, five, interim for two, Jim Ryan's doing five. There's there's nothing alarming at all about it. I <laughs> Fired no, voted out yes. Again, there's no evidence There's no evidence to even indicate that. There isn't. I have it on good authority from people at the company that that is just simply not true. That's false. Was not voted out. This was his choice 
you don't vote out a CEO that's getting you the gains and the growth that that man was getting them. That would be absolutely ludicrous. Nobody in their right mind would vote out somebody who is getting them what he's supposed to get them. Fiduciary duty satisfied. Why would you vote him out? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's so tectonic to lose a CEO. There are times where they won't vote out a CEO because it would be more damaging. Like, it's like, no, 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 this would be too damaging. We got to figure out how to right this ship. Like, this guy's, this guy's crushing it for them. Voting him out would be absolutely absurd. Sneaky Wolf was six months into VIP. As someone who's never played any t games, I love the remakes. I get to play them for the first time at their highest quality my first playthrough. I, like, that's my bias too, Sneaky Wolf. It's like, I get, I get to play this game at the best possible version, right? Eugene says, you don't let some someone who you've pushed out continue to run your multi-billion dollar business. That's absurd. Literally, literally dumb AF thinking, uh, and I'm not sorry. Right, like you actually think a guy that got voted out is just going to stay on and keep working? Correct, what I'm saying is not official. Let's be real. It's just what I think. Okay, let's press on what you think though, Jake. You think a man that gets voted out is just going to stick around and keep working? That doesn't make any sense. What CEO gets voted out, is allowed to stay on for however many months it is, and just keeps on trucking? He'd be he'd walk out the door. He'd be like, what do you mean? I'm not gonna stay. If you voted me out, I'm out. Bye. This was his choice. I don't think I've ever seen that before. We only dream up these instances because of because of like because of tribal lines it's like well i think this why well because you're you don't like sony you're an xbox guy that's nothing wrong with being an xbox guy but like your bias is driving a narrative that is simply ludicrous there is literally no instance where somebody like we voted you out but you can stay on for six months we want you to stick around and really help us transition oh and broker another deal for us with nc soft but we voted you out I've been in a corporation whose CEO was voted out and he stayed on and made moves in the five months he was still in. Personal experience. And I'm a PC guy. Okay, you're a PC guy. Who who has your avatar. Your your avatar is literally Jim Ryan holding a controller like a, like a goober. Okay. A lot of you PC guys seemingly just really don't like Sony. I've always found that to be interesting. I'm PC, dude. I'm PC Master Race. And they really don't like Sony for some reason. And commonly run the false narratives against Sony. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're a PC guy, why do you care what Sony does? We don't trust you to run our business, but go ahead and keep using this checkbook for six months. Come on, it's a funny picture. I'm not saying it's not a funny picture. I just find it very convenient that a lot of the guys who claim to be PC Master Race and don't have a dog in the console war wail on one side way more than the other. It just is interesting to me. Uh, Just an observation, that's all. A lot of the PC Master Race guys, for some reason, I don't know what the reason is. They really don't like Sony, and I don't get why. I want them to put games on PC day and date. I mean, I guess that's a somewhat valid complaint maybe not valid i understand that complaint you're like i spent all this money on my pc 
put your games over here so I can play them. I don't want to buy what you probably view as an inferior piece of technology. I can understand that. Again, I don't understand why anybody would run with this narrative that they voted out a guy. I guess that'd be my question, Jake. Why do you think they voted him out? What's the impetus? What's the causality? What did he do? There's a handful of reasons people throw out, and they're all equal in stupidity. It's, he failed to block the merger. I, I, I'm not even going to dignify that. That's like, that's like again, that's like arguing with the flat earther. Second, the second reason that he got voted out was because he was pushing too hard for live service. Well, they just recently pushed in an earnings call that they are continuing that strategy. They're not wavering from that. So that can't possibly be the reason. What reason would they vote him out? It can't be based on earnings. He's done exactly what you want to see from a CEO. Year over year, every 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 year the man's been at the helm, they've they've seen they've seen an increase. So what would the reason be to vote him out? Like I what what's what in your mind is this impetus, this this causality to be like, yeah, Jim Ryan's gotta go. Let's vote him out of here. I I don't get it. I don't get the I don't get the position at all. It seems so intellectually bankrupt. It doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like a reasoned position. It's just like I don't like Sony. I think Jim Ryan's stupid, and there's no he was probably fired. And it's like what? The logic seems more based in a dislike for Sony or Jim Ryan than what a business would actually do. PC day and date would force games to release later. All you're doing is delaying when the game comes out. Yeah, you wouldn't actually get the games any quicker. That's a a well-made point from AOZ. I've come from Sony now on PC. I don't hate Sony, rather the opposite. It has to be games as a service. They will say they're still focusing on them, but cannot, come on, you see it isn't working? There's no sun on the horizon. What evidence do you have that it's not working? What what evidence do you have that their, their investment, that they just announced, by the way, <laughs> this is always funny to me, they just announced this year the increase in investment in games as a service and like six months later people are like yeah it's clearly not working what what evidence do you have that it's not working I don't understand they just this year announced that they're gonna where are the games right Jake do you do you do you pay any attention at all to games gaming news gaming development cycles you're here with a red badge you, you seem like somebody that would know more about this than you appear to. So this year they announce that they're going to invest more money in live service games. And six months later, you're like, yo, where are the games? What, what, what do you mean, where are the games? They just announced that this is an effort going forward. I don't understand. So you thought they were going to announce this in the earlier part of 2023 and what we were going to have like a mountain of games right now? The fact that the games are taking long and even being canceled is a positive thing. It shows they're not just throwing out trash. That's another angle I would take. I'd much rather them have say Factions 2 isn't going to work. Put it on ice. I'd rather have them do that than push it out and have it be bad. And again, they just this year indicated that bar graph that has everybody losing their minds because they don't understand how to read a bar graph. They're like, oh my gosh, 
we're not going to get traditional PlayStation games anymore, except for the traditional section is higher than it's ever been. And then the games as a service section is larger than it's ever been. It's a 50-50 split. They just announced that this year. So the games will likely not be hitting the market for two, three, four, and five years. Like, that's what I don't understand. Where's the evidence that it's not working? They just announced it. Now, yes, they said, oh, we're going to have 12-something games by 2026. And I was like, there's no freaking way. And they've recently readjusted that projection to be six. Okay, that makes more sense. It looks like we're getting two of them next year. We're going to get two of those six next year. One in Helldivers and the other in... What's the other one? I forget the other one. I saw somebody tweeting about this. There's two next year. No, not somebody tweeting about it. It was Shinobi. Shinobi confirmed on Reset Era, I think, that there's two live service games next year. So Sony can say wait until. You say you're not an Xbox guy, but again, you're 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 passively taking up defending Xbox. Why would you care about wait until? That's something that commonly gets thrown at Xbox. What do you mean they can't say wait until? You're not, again, oh, Concord. Yeah, Concord and Helldivers 2 are apparently two live service games next year for PlayStation that are on that are on target, from what we've heard. Okay, the Con- Concord and, um, and Helldivers 2. I'm not saying that they're allowed to say wait until, Jake. I'm saying when a company says, we're going to invest in live service games, and they say that in 2022 and 2023... I don't expect to see those games for a couple of years. I think that's reasonable. I think your position is unreasonable because you think they're going to announce that last year they officially put it on the books in a webcast with the investment charts this year. And you're like, where are the games? I I think your position's unreasonable. I think you know that it's unreasonable. What company says... We're going to make this thing. We're going to invest in this thing. You're like, sweet. And like 15 months later, you're like, hey, where are all the games? Like, if if Xbox walked out and said, we're going to start heavily focusing on our existing IPs going forward. We're going to revisit a lot of our existing IPs. I wouldn't ask about them 15 months later. I'd be like, well, that's going to take a while. That sounds like a new thing that they're doing. They're reallocating funds. They're shifting money around in the budget. That's going to take a while. That's been spanned in here for Xbox. Why can't we use it for Sony? So they're investing. Okay, so we wait until 2025 or 2026. It's like you're not listening. I feel like you're not listening to me. So genuinely, you you this is your position. I want you to state this. I loved, I loved pushing back on people on Twitter and making them defend Modern Warfare 3. I like watching people defend bad positions. I think it's good. Because maybe you'll start to feel the weaknesses in the position. So you genuinely believe that that webcast this year with the chart that showed 50% games as a service, 50% traditional, you genuinely thought you would see a bunch of those games this year. That's your position. And the fact that you haven't seen those games is proof that it's not working. I want you to say that because it sounds absurd. That's your basis for Jim Ryan getting fired, by the way. 
that in a matter of months, they have a webcast, they announce a new investment into live service, months later, you don't see any of the games, and you're like, it's clearly not working, Jim Ryan was fired. What? It doesn't make any sense to me. The, 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 The timing feels extremely backwards. Colin M. touched on this a while back. He said Xbox needs to invest in its IPs, but they'd rather buy them than invest into them. And that's because of the Xbox has no real identity or culture. I mean, I don't want to make this about Xbox. In, in my estimation, in my estimation, the live service push from PlayStation is untested right now. We have no idea if it's going to work or not. We have no idea. I said it's risky. I said about I I said when they said 12 by 2026 I said I bet you about half of those don't even make it. They either get canceled or delayed. That turned out to be true. I actually predicted 4. I said by 2026 I bet you we get 4. We're getting 2 next year. I wouldn't be surprised if we get 2 or 3 the following year. 4 or 5 before 2026 arrives. And it's risky. I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me at all if a lot of those live service games fail. Wouldn't shock me in the least. One of the reasons I think they're investing so much in it is they know fail rate is of a higher probability. Like, they know they can push a new God of War. They can push a new Ghost of Tsushima. They can push a lot of this property, and they know it's going to sell well. Like, they knew Spider-Man 2 was going to be crazy, right? Super commercially successful. They... They have a lot of confidence, I think, in that approach. But I think they probably know, man, a lot of these live service games, they probably won't make it. I'm not sitting here saying I'm pro live service. I think live service is the natural evolution of how we play games and how big the studios are, how big the games are. I think live service is a natural stage of evolution of game development. So, I'm not pro or against live service. I'm pro good practices and against bad practices. So, if they can launch a really good and well-structured live service game in Helldivers 2, for example, that's great. I'm all for that. That's not me being pro live service. That's just me saying, listen... I think live service is the natural culmination of a bunch of realities in the gaming market. So what we should do is support good practices and be against bad practices. Just like with microtransactions in games, I don't think it is completely avoidable. I do think there are games that avoid it, but I think a lot of games can't avoid it. They've got to find ways to subsidize and monetize their projects. In light of all of that, I find it completely ludicrous to think that number one, the game as a service. I didn't. I didn't turn the timer on today. I, I think it's ludicrous to think that the game as a service push from Sony. Number one, to think that it's failed in such a small amount of time. It's been so short. A lot of the projects haven't even hit the public yet. So how do you know that it's failed? You know how? Secondly, secondly. Number one, I think that's the most faulty premise of all, is that, oh, the the live service push has failed. That premise is so faulty and defunct, it hasn't even been put into practice yet. 
All we know is that Bungie just now started their job. If you go look at the webcast about this, there was a there was a period of onboarding where they weren't doing anything. They were being brought on, establishing the standards and the processes, and now they're going to start overlooking the projects. That's just started now since the acquisition. Or we could call it a merger. Okay? So I think premise premise starting position is completely destroyed. I don't think there's any reason to think it's failed. That doesn't mean that it won't fail. Currently, we can't say that it's failed. It hasn't even really started. If that's the premise for then thinking, speculating, or imagining that Jim Ryan was voted out, I think the position is virtually dead at that point. In addition to all of the other I think ludicrous natures of the idea that this man was voted out is still staying on and is signing deals with companies like there's no fiduciary failing in Jim Ryan so if that's not the reason to vote him out you got to come up with another reason and as I said he failed to block the merger that's flat earther energy and then secondly all the live service push that's so much smoke no fire. We, we've got a couple of people saying that like, oh, some of the companies weren't comfortable with it. That's probably true. That doesn't mean you vote out your CEO. Because companies that are more traditionally accustomed to single player games are like, yeah, we're not really digging this game as a service thing. I actually think that's healthy and they should push back. Because if they don't think they can do it, they need to communicate that. Because if not, we're going to get a bunch of red falls. Because... Arcane didn't communicate that loud enough to, to, to Zenimax. And they should have. If they did communicate it loud enough and Zenimax pushed forward, then that's on Zenimax. But like, I, th- that is healthy. If they cast this vision for we want a bunch of our property to, 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 to straddle both realities. We want a new Aloy Adventure single player Horizon 3, but we also want an Aloy, not Aloy, I'm sorry, a Horizon multiplayer game. If Gorilla doesn't push back on that and say, we're not comfortable with this, we don't know if we can do this, they need to say that because then they could be properly equipped with either outsourcing, expertise from Bungie, subcontracting, something. Because if you don't do that, you're just going to end up with a bunch of redfalls. So like, it doesn't shock me that there was like insiders saying, well, these studios aren't really comfortable with live service. I, I would hope they would say that because that's not their area of expertise. That's why I wasn't surprised when Factions 2 got put on ice. That's not Naughty Dog's area of expertise. Live service games, there really aren't even that many companies you could say they're, that they're an expert on live service. A bunch of people have tried it. A lot of people have tried it. Not a lot of people can say they're an expert in that field. Does that make sense? I want to play as a Thunderjaw. It actually would be really fun to play as the, as the as the as the robots as the creatures. That actually would be really fun. I remember loving, uh, I remember loving Beast Mode, in Gears. I played as a Boomer. Boom! I loved it. It was so fun. Skyfire. That was so fun, dude. I played that for hours with my friends. If there is a uh, if there is a game that I would lo- if there's a mode that I would love to see in the next Gears is that one. <laughs> it's that one, dude. It was fun. There was something about it, you know. It was just fresh, fresh and fun. Where did this 
thumbnail you sent me go. Uh, what did you do? Did you save this as like a weird? Oh, did I put it in downloads? What kind of a file is this thumbnail? Possible that I'm blind and looking right past it. Okay, let me open this again. And let me save this again. Oh, I see it. It's blending in. I see it. It's blending in with the two that I already have. It's like just similar enough that I was looking right past it. I got it. Oh yeah, we need to change the title. Thunderjaw, you mean MJ and Spider-Man? Oh, that's mean. (laughs) That's mean, bro. You call her by her Christian name, dude. That's Mary Jane Wick. Mary Jane Wick, bro. Just remember... Josh Allen's a Viking fan, not a Bills fan. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. We're I got a premiere for you guys that'll we'll, we'll go we'll go live with this shortly. Dude, they changed they changed so much. Oh, okay, yeah, tomorrow. They changed so much with uh, YouTube on the back end. Like, it all looks, like, really nice and pretty now. But my dark mode thing in Chrome is causing me so many problems now. Like, I can't see anything. I keep having to disable it. It's like... Like, I can't tell if, like, boxes are checked or or uh, or bubbles are checked. It's freaking terrible, dude. All right, we're going to go in seven minutes. You guys have seven minutes if you want to try to hit 50 members. We need 10 more members. 10 more members hit 50. I'll owe you 10. I will do those members in the premiere. I give you guys the maximum amount of time to hit those goals. We're right at, we're basically at 2,000 members. If we hit 50 and I do my 10, we'll basically be right at 2,000. We're trying to hit 2,500 for a community game night and then 3,000 will be beyond. Dark mode plugin is horrible. Yeah, they they just recently did an update to it and it ruined all my stuff. It ruined all my stuff. Like YouTube looks wrong. My Word document that I use for my um my monologues is wrong. Like, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, YouTube has dark mode native. I just need it to be turned on for a couple of sites, and it doesn't really work that way. So, 
All right. In six minutes, in six minutes, we're going to go to this premiere. It's about Death Stranding 2's release date. We have conflicting information, and so I weigh in on it, and I give my thoughts on what's going on, and uh, also, you know, I also give my thoughts uh, and my preference on, like, what I hope they do, uh, because marketing and release dates are a hot topic lately. Your first issue was using Chrome. I don't have any issues with it. Are you giving us a portal on the go review? I think I need to do one. We probably I, I probably should have done that last night. Um but we we landed on we landed on this. I probably should have done one today because it's you know we we like to do the live stream and the upload somewhat in the same hemisphere. So like today was a bit of a PlayStation day, you know, Last of Us and Death Stranding, similar hemispheres. Um, we need twenty six more likes for three hundred. Let's try to hit that before we leave. We got five minutes. If you guys want to scramble, do a bunch of single members. Let's get these final ten, and then I'll owe you ten. Now is a great time to do it. It typically goes to the more loyal folks that have stayed with the show throughout. Uh, a lot of the times right here at the end when we start talking about the premiere, people people start leaving, and that's why it's a great time to start gifting. Will Hilly be drunk on Friday? I don't know about that. I'm sure we'll be drinking. We'll be drinking and having some laughs. We're not trying to get sloshed. Like we try to have some, you know, we try to have some drinks and some and some chuckles. Today was good. We got the juices flowing after a week off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm I'm always a little bit torn, Capono. He's like, you know, I wonder if Lono enjoyed the break from YouTube, was ready to get back to it. I'm always a little bit torn because I enjoy the work and I enjoy the conversations. I don't like how everything gets drug into, you know, bad faith tribalism. I feel like we avoided that today. Jake says, I feel like I got yelled, uh, my dad yelled at me today, I don't like this. Oh, come on. Even our back and forth, I feel like was very tame. I was just trying to understand your position. I'm like, I don't know why in the frick people think this. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get why people think he was fired. I just, I don't see it. I don't see the angle. You know what I mean? I'm trying to take up more of a, okay, we can disagree, but I, I want to be more like, okay, well, just explain your position to me. And then once you did, I feel like I just attempted to to dismantle it. And I'm attempting to, to disagree without being disagreeable, which is really difficult because a lot of the times people come in and, you know, they're arguing from bad faith or they're taking a swipe or they're on a brand new account trying to bait me so they can get a clip. Like, <clears throat> it's really hard not to... Um, react to that instead of just have a discussion in general it's difficult when the terms the terms are set before I start talking sometimes I feel like sometimes people set the table and it's already a mess and I'm trying to like you know be charitable and be kind to somebody who isn't being charitable and isn't being kind and so it ends up backfiring. Now, the reason it was easy with Jake is Jake's been around a long time, and I knew Jake wasn't, like, trying to, like, be a jerk or anything. He just saw things differently. You know? 
All right, guys, two minutes, two minutes, and we're going to go to this premiere. I'm going to spam a link in chat. At the, it, listen, listen, let's at least hit 300 likes. We only need 20 more. I guarantee you there's 400 people here. I guarantee you there's 20 folks who haven't hit like. If y'all have been lurking and enjoying the show, take a second and do that. Minimize the chat. Smash that like button. In 60 seconds, I'm going to spam a link in chat. You can use that link uh, to go to the premiere or you can try to ride the redirect if redirect doesn't work and it takes you to the wrong video it will be the featured video on this channel okay and then we will go to a members only debrief so if you guys want to try to slam home these 10 members in the premiere i'll honor it i'll gift the members that i owe you and then we'll have more people to take to the debrief and then we end the day with the writer's room all right all right click the link in chat and i'll see you guys over there